This podcast is a Majestic Giraffe production. For more information and more content, visit MajesticGiraffe.com. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkiest Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Chot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're reviewing the best and worst of 2015 in pop culture in Star Wars. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Uh, before we go too much further, a note from our sponsors. Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Uh, click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and find out how you can support the show. And stay tuned, we're revamping the Patreon. Yes, we We, we have some new ideas. Yes. What are some of them? You're asking me? Yeah, you pointed them out to me. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember linking you to a Patreon and thinking it was they had some good goals so we have new subscriber perks coming yes so you'll want to stay tuned yes what else we brought to you brought by we're also brought to you in part by her universe flaunt your world with star wars star trek marvel transformers doctor who and other fandom inspired wardrobe and jewelry click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast Okay, uh, strap in. We've got some stuff here for what's new on the blog. <laughs> well, because we haven't done this in a while. But um, so are the Force Awakens think pieces getting you down? Well, Bria wrote yes, up. Yes, yes, they are. Well, Bria wrote up a drinking game for you to keep those manageable. Basically, if you're sick of someone telling you why you really didn't like the Force Awakens, uh, take a shot for whenever someone says something like. It reminds them too much of a new hope, or uh, Ray was a Mary Sue, or you know something like that. So check that out. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> uh, do you think diversity doesn't belong in Star Wars, Brian? I I I, I feel like it, like it does, but uh, okay, okay, I'll play a bad reader here and say, yeah, uh, get your diversity out of my Star Wars. Well, Bria explains why the First Order would like a word with you about why that is incorrect. Uh, because if the First Order can have female stormtroopers and officers of color, then um, you should, you know, get out with your anti-diversity statements. Except if you're an alien. If you're an alien, screw you. <laughs> the First Order doesn't want you, apparently. Um, and finally, Bria also took us down the dark path of watching all seven Star Wars films in a row. She's braver than us all, because there was no way in hell I would have done that marathon. <laughs> no. Um, we 
were also up for many hours on December 17th and 18th, but we were going to Disney World. We went to the opening night event at Disney Springs and ending at Hollywood Studios, and I've got a recap up of that event with some awesome pictures that were complimentary. Not really complimentary, because we paid admission to the event. Uh... I also reviewed Before the Awakening by Greg Rucka, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Saf contributed a Force Awakens think piece, but a good one about the boys with big hearts, a.k.a. Finn and Poe, and how their relationship and, you know, their relationships with other characters in general show how, you know, the characters are compassionate and emotional. And that's okay because, you know. Poe is also pretty manly and, you know, badass pilot. So you can be both. Indeed, you can. Uh, in non-The Force Awakens news, Bria reviewed some comics, including Darth Vader number 14. Uh, we started our 2015 superlatives lists, where we list our best of in various categories, including Star Wars. And finally, to no surprise, we all saw and reacted to The Force Awakens. And things will never be the same. It's true. All, All of it. <laughs> All right. Fixers Flash, the stuff we've been up to. Have well, we been up to anything other than The Force Awakens? Uh, Yeah. Other stuff related to The Force Awakens. <laughs> uh, like I said, I read Before the Awakening, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, it's especially the Poe section. Uh, it's basically reads just like an X-Wing novel, and I really hope Greg Rucka gets to write an X-Wing novel or possibly a comic. I would, I would say no to, I wouldn't say no to either of them. I also read the Visual Dictionary by Pablo Hidalgo, which, which, uh, just made USA Today's best time seller, uh, bestseller list yeah it it's really good got a lot of insights it's actually the first visual dictionary i've read i haven't read any of the other ones i don't know why but um come for the pretty pictures stay for pablo's captions yes <laughs> and the captions are quite humorous uh and i i should write up a review for that later but basically if you saw the force awakens you liked it you want some more info um you should pick that up um We've been listening to the soundtrack Ad Nauseam, which is really, really good. Um, and finally, one of my New Year's resolutions is to read more. I want to read 26 books the year in per year, uh, especially non-Star Wars books, because there were so many of them recently, and I have had a hard time keeping up with books outside of Star Wars. So I finally finished the Heartland Trilogy by Chuck Wendig, and I started the Ghost Brigades by John Scalzi, which was really good. And uh, I also saw Force Awakens a few times. What yep. about you, Brian? We have number nine lined up for tonight. We do? Yeah. Oh, but I don't want to see it. Yes, you do. Ah. Uh, I've just been playing a lot of video games. <laughs> like what? You FIFA, can elaborate. Battlefront. Mm-hmm. I got Forza Horizon 2 I need to peel open and play. Yeah, I'm going to laugh at you. Why? Because if you play that game like you fly speeder bikes through Endor, you're going to crash a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to crash a lot. But that's pretty much it for me. Okay. Uh, Deke's Dirt news from around fandom. Nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's all TFA-related stuff, which brings us to Big's bullshit. 
uh, Star Wars film news, and The Force Awakens has made a crap ton of money. Yeah, I believe it's on par to uh, beat Avatar possibly this weekend. Domestically. Domestically, Domestically, yeah. Still got a ways to go. internationally but um i mean still internationally it's it it i think it was the fastest movie to a billion dollars internationally so that's that's crazy you know what's really crazy is the box office combined with the merch sales disney's probably going to get into the black on the lucasfilm sale sometime this year ah, sorry auto playing music yeah and i turned my volume off on my computer so i don't know why that played that's annoying. It is annoying because I was trying to find out what records TFA has broken. Uh, well, let Thing. us check the uh, the the uh, the Google. We'll check the Google box. <laughs> Star Wars box office. There we go. All right. Uh, Force Force Awakens was the fastest movie to ever hit a billion dollars at the global box office. Um, it's. It set IMAX record records, debuting to thirty point one million domestically and forty eight million globally. It's overtaken Frozen as the top grossing Disney film of all time. Really? Yep. With one point two nine billion, it has surpassed Frozen. Wow. And so this article, I think, was from last week. This Entertainment Weekly article. And it, it said at that point it was only two hundred fifteen million away from surpassing Avatar as the biggest domestic movie ever. Now hang on one second, I've got Box Office Mojo pulled up here. Cool. Let's take a look at the dailies. Yes, and I mean the daily totals are ridiculous. Like thirty million dollars on like this much in is unheard yeah. I mean of. the the last day they have on here is uh, Wednesday the thirtieth mm-hmm. when it pulled in. What, what's crazy? Another twenty eight million. Yeah. Oh, two weeks out from the release. Yeah. We don't have yesterday's numbers yet, um, but uh, as of Wednesday night, it was sitting at $629 million domestically. Jeez. So, yeah, it's on pace to break Avatar's domestic record. So that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. lot of money. Um, according to Blu-ray.com, The Force Awakens Blu-ray is due out in early April, which is great because I need to do a whole lot of back and to the left with this movie. <laughs> I know, right? Like, there was there was one part I wanted... Oh, the, the shot... I could probably get a still of this on the internet because I think it was in one of the teasers, but the shot when the X-Wings are coming over the lake towards Maz Kanata's castle, like, I wanted to pause the movie and count how many x-wings were there <laughs> but i couldn't because the movie was going so i i i but i think i can find that but like that sort of thing like i want to pause and count how many x-wings or po- count how many you know people are there you know like that sort of thing yeah i uh, I, I just i need this on blu-ray yeah because i need to overanalyze so many frames from this movie yeah it's gonna be great yeah. Uh, and that's going to look great on the nice new TV we got. Yes. I'm excited. Uh, well, I guess that means it's straight into Cammy's concerns. Uh, 2015 in review. Yeah. So where are we going to where are we going to start here? Uh, well, we've got um, non Star Wars stuff first because you know the Star Wars stuff is obvious. So um, books wise, I mean, I read a. I read books, but most of the books I read were Star Wars. 
Um, I think non-Star Wars-wise, we discovered Wendig because Aftermath was announced, and then I think we were both like, well, I want to read some of his other books. So I read... So the Heartland trilogy was on sale, or I think at least the first book was. So I bought that, and then I bought Blackbirds when it was on sale. And I've so I've read... I've read the three Heartland books and Blackbirds so far. Um, and they're really good. I don't know if I can read Chuck all the time, but it's not because like I don't like his books. But His books are very emotional. Yeah, and it's like like I finished Blackbirds and I really liked it, but I was just like, oh, I need a nap because <laughs> uh, he doesn't he doesn't slow down, you know. Um, but also, like I said, I. I think my goal for this year is to brand is to try to catch up with space opera, both the latest releases and also the classics that I never got around to reading. So I think this year I'm pretty much not going to read any book that doesn't take place in space. I think that's my goal. I think that's a great goal. I mean, I probably will make an exception because I do have... um, some of Wendig's other books. I mean, I have a bunch of books on my Kindle. I haven't read that. So I'll probably make exceptions for those. But like, I really want to buy, like, I've never read Ancillary Justice. I haven't. And like, I know some people didn't really care for it, but I feel like I need to read it just because it was so well received. And like, there's a bunch of other space opera books that just came out recently that I want to read. And then like, like, past authors that I never I don't know why I never got around to reading them so yeah I need to 2016 is your year on catching up on literature yeah well space opera space opera <laughs> yeah what about you uh mostly it was Wendig for me as well um yeah. when I found out that uh, Wendig preferred third person present as a writing style I wanted to read some of his books because I wasn't too familiar with that writing style so I picked up the Heartland trilogy loved it um, so un- unfortunately I didn't really have a whole lot of time to read other books and yeah. I'm hoping to change that this year as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, I go, I usually end up going in cycles with, I, with my reading, but I, I also, I feel like, I think I feel like I should be writing instead of reading, but I also know that reading helps me with writing, both with getting ideas and also like seeing how other authors do things. You know, so read more. Yes. Read more 2016. Uh, Movies. Yeah. Uh, We saw, we didn't see a lot of movies either, but we did catch up on some that we didn't end up seeing in the theater. Uh, My favorite of the year was Mad Max Fury Road, uh, which I was really surprised about. I know when it came out in the theater, everyone was talking about it and I wanted to go see it. I don't know why we never just got around to it. And then we finally ended up running it. I think by the time you and I had picked up on the hype, it was impossible to find a screening anywhere. That worked for us. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I we rented it. And usually when I watch movies at home or TV at home, I am I am like you know, doing other things or like looking at the internet or, you know, reading. And I just, I couldn't keep my eyes off the screen. Like I, I, I watched the entire, I think I was like Brian pause cause I had to go to the bathroom <laughs> and I didn't want to miss anything. Cause you can't, you have to watch it. Like 
and S- such a visually stunning film. It is like I remember that shot of them like driving into the sandstorm, and I was like, "Whoa!" And I think it's interesting that this movie. I see a lot of the same criticisms that The Force Awakens got in that it doesn't explain things. I think Fury Road does it way more, where it just drops you in. And it's like, all right, here's the movie. We're not explaining anything to you. <laughs> you bring your own context. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was beautifully acted with so little dialogue. Like, Charlize Theron is so great. Charlize Theron for everything, please. Mm-hmm. She is She is so good. Yeah. Um, And then your favorite movie was The Martian. Yes, I love The Martian. It was really a good year for science fiction and theater. Yeah. Um, The Martian was great. I mean, it's... It was one part drama, one part funny, one part inspirational. It's mm-hmm. it's everything I want out of a science fiction movie. Yeah. Um, shit getting real, but a, a an undercurrent of optimism throughout it. Um, Mark Watney is one of my favorite characters, and he had what I think is the quote of the year in cinema. Science the shit out of this. Science the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so I I love that movie. I yeah. uh, nice return to form for Ridley Scott. Yeah, I think that was probably my second favorite of the year, not not Star Wars. <laughs> non Star Wars division. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh we also saw Ex Machina just because we wanted to get our Oscar Isaac on. And Donald Gleason. Yeah, yeah. Uh and it was really good and really weird. <laughs> so uh yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um Definitely not the hopeful, optimistic movie The Martian. No, was. yeah, um, it's definitely a, uh, a dark the, movie, ex, very weird. Ex Machina is one of those science fiction films that's aim is to screw with your brain. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, but it was you know very well acted, and we I, we both enjoyed it. Um, the other one, uh, the other big one that we did see in the theater because you know everyone did was Avengers: Age of Ultron, which we weren't huge fans of. I mean, it was fun, but I feel like a lot of the context that would have made the movie better got left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I just, I, yeah. I can't like I can't even remember mo- most much of what happened now. Like I just remember a couple funny one-liners. Here I remember there. there was a lot of, uh, funnily enough, Deus Ex Machina because it was like, or like just random things happening. Like like Thor's vision like came out of nowhere, uh, and like the fact that Tony like goes and builds Ultron like without anyone else knowing, and then it's like. Okay, so and now he's all, of course, you know, trying to go back and like fix that, but you know, it's it was okay. It was okay. I just felt like it was very much a bridge movie and not a movie on its own. Yeah, somewhere along the line, they forgot that the Avenger movies were supposed to be the end for the act. The yeah, cinematic. Like I felt like it the, was the axe. Yeah, I felt like it was leading. I felt like it was basically setting the stage for Civil War, and Civil War is going to be what Age of Ultron was. What that movie was supposed so, to be. I, yeah, Civil War really looks like it's going to be Avengers two and a half. Yeah, because I mean, all the Avengers, and yeah, it's going to focus on Cap because of you know the the whole plot line with Bucky. But you know, like, it just feels like that's going to be. It's going to be way more of what. And, and also, I, 
I want to be more excited for Civil War, but I know if it ends like the comic arc ended, I'm going to hate it. Well, also, I don't like the idea of superheroes fighting against each other. <laughs> uh, at least in the Marvel Universe, they've earned it. Yeah. Unlike that other film we've been seeing previews for. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves, though. We're looking ahead. We're we're looking back, not ahead. True, true. Uh, <laughs> g- games. Um, were, are there, were there any other movies I forgot? <sighs> well, we didn't go see Mockingjay just because I think you and I both know how the book ended. Yeah, we're going to see it eventually. We'll, we'll probably just... get it on D- Blu-ray. Not because we don't think it's good, but because we're not ready to have an emotionally crippling experience at a movie theater. Yeah. And we both read the books. And by the time we were getting ready to go see it, uh, Force Awakens was coming out, so... Yeah, you and I were both doing a lot of work to make sure we had uh, the last two weeks of December free for Force Awakens, so we didn't have any time to yep. go see anything else. What other else. movies did we say? Did know. we see anything else in theaters? I can't remember. I <laughs> can't remember. Yeah, I don't think we did. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, games, uh, pretty good year. Um, I finally upgraded... Uh, to Xbox One this year, so I got to do some current gen gaming. Um, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. I started. I need to go back to playing it um, because I just couldn't get out of the hinterlands, mm-hmm. which you're apparently supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you were in there a lot. And if you're an RPG completionist like I am, <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a big problem. Oh. Um. Uh, There was obviously Battlefront, which was great. Uh, I played a lot of Destiny, also a great game. And um, FIFA 16 is my sports game of choice. So, yeah, they're good choices this year. Yeah. Uh, And um, uh, tabletop gaming. You and I discovered a lovely game called Slash. Yes. Which we played a little of last night. Slash is great. Slash is... Slash is a card game for fan fiction writers. Yes. Where the goal is you have someone who's in charge of each hand. They put down a character, and the the, uh, the cards each have a character name from a bunch of different fandoms and properties on there. And your goal is to create the one true pair with the uh, card czar's card. Mm-hmm. So you craft a little story of how, like, uh, Captain Picard's one true pair is Mothra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a it's a very fun game. Uh, it is in stock now, so uh, go look up the slash card game and go buy yourself a copy. You'll enjoy it. Yes. Uh, conventions. Yes, we went to several. Uh, I think the best one though was Celebration. Yes, indeed. Uh, it was awesome. We both had a great time, and I think we pretty much saw and did everything we wanted to. But you know, it's you know hard to do everything you want to do at celebration because everything is going on well the 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 moral with conventions is accept the reality that you will never do everything you want to do yes uh it's it's but it was great you know the force awakens panel was great even in the overflow room uh the dealer room was fabulous we spent a lot of time at the delray booth you know got to hang out with tom and everyone the hilton bar was pretty much made the con uh everyone you know hung out there at night which was great um met a bunch of other star wars fans and podcasters and bloggers you know like celebration really introduced us to a lot of other people that we now call friends so that was really cool 
Um, and what else? What else about Celebration? Uh, I mean, mostly I just remember the Hilton Bar. <laughs> remember it? Or... Hazing? Uh, it's all a hazy blur, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Celebration was great. Yeah, it was It was awesome. It's like I... Star Wars Family Reunion I for us. I can't wait for the next one. Which I hope is here. Yeah. Um, and then we also had Star Wars Weekends, which was the last Star Wars Weekends. We didn't know it at the time. No, I wish we could have, like, you know... We would have gone more had we known. We would have had a big last hurrah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was it was great as usual. We had a lot of new guests. Uh, Ian McDermott and Frank Oz were great. Uh, they had the Rebel Hangar, which was a new eating option. Which Pretty I, much a trial run for a future cantina I, at Star Wars I, Land. I hope so. Um, what else? Just, you know, usual parade and merchandise. Symphony in the Stars. Oh, yes, yeah, Symphony in the Stars. Yeah. yeah. Good time had by all. Mm-hmm. And then there was Dragon Con, our yearly sojourn up to uh, Atlanta for Star Wars related fun. Uh, you, you had an especially good time because you got to moderate a one-on-one panel with chuck wendig yes it was awesome uh he's he's a great interview and or just you know a great guy to talk to just period and uh i'm glad i got a chance to do that and survived without barfing oh <laughs> that would have been gross um and then we also were on a few panels like the Big Force Awakens panel, which was in a ballroom. That was a speculation panel, and I actually got something right. I'm so proud of myself. Well, you should tell us what it is. Okay, so I predicted that the First Order was a fringe govern or was a fringe faction on the unknown parts of the galaxy, mm-hmm. and the Resistance was a private fighting force secretly funded by the New Republic. You got nailed that. it. Nailed it. You got that right. I I did get that right. I'm mm-hmm. so happy with myself. I never get that stuff right. <laughs> and uh, we were also on a bunch of other panels, uh, like for Disney. Uh, you were on one for video games. Yes. Oh, that Disney in the Parks panel was really fun. It was, and, and it was by, crowded. By the way, all of these panels um are available uh in the iTunes feed for you to go back and listen to. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it was good time had by all. Yeah. And more time spent in a Hilton bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, Star Wars at Disney Parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Tours got an update this year, which included the Jack Who module. Yeah, which was super fun and features a person from The Force Awakens. Yeah, y- you and I had heard that they were doing a soft open on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we booked a fast pass for a Monday night after mm-hmm. work. We dropped in just for the off chance that the soft opening was really happening. And mm-hmm. it was. And it was amazing. Yes, it was. It was so great. Uh, the Star Wars launch bay opened up at Disney's Hollywood Studios and Disneyland Resort. And it was it's really fun. It's like a walkthrough exhibit of Star Wars stuff and props and um, there's artwork and a whole bunch of other things. And um, it's I'm they've and got an a, amazing store at the end. Yes. And there's a meetup with Chewie and Vader. Um, I imagine they're going to just keep expanding and expanding as as time goes on. 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they start including uh, some previews of the new Star Wars land yeah. uh, within the launch bay. Yeah, also, definitely. there's a video at the front and Pablo Hidalgo made us cry because he's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Sentimental yeah. crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And uh, Symphony in the Stars got revamped. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the preview at uh, the opening <coughs> night event. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, and it was amazing. Actually, one of, I think it's ten times better than it has been in previous years. Yes, it's it was really really cool, and um, I really really liked it. <laughs> uh, Rebels. That brings us to Rebels. Uh, the end of season one saw the return of Ahsoka Tano, mm-hmm. and I mean we all kind of knew it was coming, right? Yeah, we did. That didn't stop still, us from it was still great being absolutely excited. Uh. And uh, what do we think about the season two so far? Um, it is pretty good. I think it's a little slower, probably just because it's it's, it's a, a full, full season episode run. Uh, which I don't know. It kind of makes me w- hope, wish that they would do just thirteen episodes. But um, it's. I, I mean, there's some. There was. I liked the. I liked the overall plot line. I like that they got off with all. Um. And it seems like they are they are already being forced to go from to their, leave their current base of operations, and it seems like that's going to be a struggle for them to find bases of operations. Um, I, I like the development with Hera becoming Phoenix leader, um, and I'm just interested to see what they do. I know we still got more Sabine episodes that are supposed to come up. I th- I think also Zeb, which I would like to see more of him. But um, I hope now that they've kind of like closed the storyline with Ezra's parents, they can kind of move on from that um, and like just keep pushing his development and stop really focusing on the past so much you know <laughs> like i mean i don't mind the episodes that focus on him i just hate when it's they're, they're all like usually i stop saying i usually i start to say all right that's enough with ezra and then they do another episode so they've been pretty good so far with keeping me from getting too tired of ezra hopefully they keep up with that <laughs> and feloni's teasing that you know we will end with ahsoka invader which I think is what we're all here for. <laughs> That's going to end in tears, won't it? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. <laughs> um, Star Wars books, and boy, we had a lot of them this year. Uh, we're going to start with, uh, I'll let you start, Nancy, with uh, Heir to the Jedi. <laughs> uh, well, um, it was a book about Luke Skywalker. Anything else? Um, I did not like it. <laughs> about it <laughs> oh that's all we're gonna say there you can read my uh column about uh why i don't like fridging female characters why i hope we move away from that really i think the biggest problem was this should have just been a legends book it should have stayed as part of that informal empire and rebellion trilogy yeah, it really should have like it it, it belongs there and not in the new canon Let's see, and I had the review for Lords of the Sith, which <laughs> was okay. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't like how Moff Moore's was written. Um, I feel like it uh, fell into the uh, LGBT equals, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Hedonistic? Yes. Trope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't too keen on it for that reason. I and It was... Uh, it was a book that didn't give the reader a whole lot of time to breathe. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was fine for what it was. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on that one <laughs> beyond that, which brings us to Dark Disciple, which you have a few more thoughts yeah. on. I will say, as far as Lords of the Sith, I do hope they keep coming. I do keep they keep including LGBT characters um, because we need more of them. Both, both on the hero and the villain side. Like, that's one of my things is, like, I really want there to be more female villains, period. Because, like, and and not a villain, like, I mean, because I don't really consider Sloane a villain, you know? I mean, she's an antagonist, but I, I wouldn't consider her a villain, you know? She, uh, she's very much the Peleon of... Don't say that, Jay will kill you. Jay will kill me. <laughs> She's com- but she's competent, Peleon. <laughs> yeah, he still won't like that. Why? <laughs> he doesn't like Peleon. Well, he's wrong. <laughs> we know that. Um, but no, because I mean, she's—I mean, she's not a bad person. I mean, she's on the wrong side, but she's not—you know, she's not a villain like Palpatine or you know, Dooku. Like, and I want to see more of those types of female villains, and like, not someone who tries to get redeemed, such like or kind of goes on that path like Ventress, you know, which leads us to Dark Disciple, which I um, enjoyed for the most part. I'd probably give it three out of five stars. Um, I I know a lot of people don't like Chrissy Golden's writing. writing. I think it's fine. I mean, it's it's adequate for a tie-in novel. It's not, you know, too crazy. It's not too safe. It's not too, you know, avant-garde. You know, it's just straightforward um and you know i could tell that it was adapted from a clone wars script because it was paced like a clone yeah wars i mean script. you could tell when the different arcs were supposed to end even though i mean she did a good job of like tying it all into one story um i didn't mind the whole romance with boss um i thought a lot of it was written well i thought some of it was written really cheesy um i think my biggest problem was that it focused way more on Voss than Ventress, <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, we have the whole... And co- nothing against Voss, but you're not the biggest Voss fan. Well, also, like, it's... If it's supposed to be a book about both of them, like, focus on them equally, which I think it did initially, but then it just seemed to skew more towards Voss, especially when you have the whole conflict of did he turn to the dark side or did he not turn and to I the dark side? I can totally see his Clone Wars script doing that. Yeah, and, like, you know, it's just another thing of a female character being pushed aside to, you know, focus on the male character's development. And, like, I was much more interested in how Ventress was dealing with the whole situation and what was Ventress going to do. And especially at the end, like, I know, I know that they, I know that the end was planned out for Clone Wars. I know they discussed whether they should change it because Christy Golden didn't want to end it the way it was supposed to end. But they all, they decided, you know, they were going to stay true to what the, what the script was. Um, 
but I feel like they had to give Ventress the idiot ball as is to have that ending, you know. So uh and that brings us to aftermath, which you and I both enjoyed a great 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 deal yeah i really liked it i feel like i need to reread it though now that i've seen the force awakens and now that i can take my time to read aftermath although i'm not sure if i'm gonna wait read it now or wait until right before life debt comes out Mm -hmm. um and especially now that we know that snap wexley is temin now i need to reread that and be like you grew up and joined the re- joined the resistance. How did that happen? And had a special handshake with Poe Dameron. Yes, and your your name is now Snap. How did that happen? So yeah, I'm I'm interested to reread that. And uh, I you know there was complaints about the prose. I thought it was fine. You know, it was easy to read. I thought, and you know, I don't even think we need to go into the whole gay thing no because if you have a problem with that you're wrong and (laughs) get out yep you don't have to listen to our podcast yep in fact you probably don't want to listen to our podcast because we like having gay characters in books and minorities and women and if you have a problem with that get out because that's what the world looks like you know and also Sinjir was the most interesting character and people are people who say well him being gay had nothing to do with it i'm like well does it have to you know, does a character being black have something have, need to have something to do with the plot? Does a character being a woman have to have something to do with the plot? Does a character being an alien have to have something to do with the plot? No. They just are. Mm-hmm. And if you got a problem with that, that says a whole lot more about you than it says about anything else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have no pity for you. Nope. So take your Amazon reviews and shove it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I loved Aftermath a lot because that is really my jam. Post-Return of the Jedi, chock full of badass normal characters. I'm here for that. Yeah, there was like no one who could use the Force. It was kind of refreshing. You, you lo- you're looking for something. What are you looking for? <laughs> my globe that I play with. <laughs> Aww. My squishy globe that I play with. You have your X-Wing that you play with. I, I do have an X-Wing that I play with here at my desk. So I don't know what happened to my globe. Did Mara eat it? I don't know. Mara, did you eat a globe? She ate the world. She ate the world. (laughs) I'll Uh, stop looking for it now. Battlefront Twilight Company. Um, The responses were mixed uh, from the writing staff. There was a lot of people who loved it. Um, I didn't. I couldn't get into it. I wanted to. I really wanted to. I just could not get into it. The pacing threw me off. Um. The main character I didn't really connect with. All I liked other characters. Um, it just—I think you said you felt that the main character was kind of milk toast. Yeah, and like I think also it was just a problem of I didn't really care when the book came out. Like I was so. So you might need to give it another shot. Now. Yeah, like well, no, not now. Definitely not now, because well. now I'd be even less interested. <laughs> because I just want to read everything that happens in the. First Awakens era and or after Return of the Jedi. I apologize, Twilight Company. It's not you. It's, it's me. me. <laughs> but that's but but I wanted to to add something about that. Like, it's not a bad thing if you don't want to read every Star Wars book out there. I mean, 
because there are so there are so many of them, especially in Legends, that if you don't want to read a book that takes place during a certain era, you don't have to read it. You know, there's so much out there now. And that's, you know. Choice is wonderful. Yeah, I think like so many people feel like if it's a Star Wars book, they have to read it. And, you know, I'll read it because we get review copies. But like I probably wouldn't have read like Dark Disciple if I hadn't gotten a review copy. I mean, I'm glad I did because I liked it. But, you know. Uh, Servants of the Empire. I'm I, just gonna I'm just gonna sit back here and just let you gush for. 10 everyone minutes. needs to read Servants of the Empire. It's so good, and and the last book deserves a Journey to the Force Awakens it banner. Does um so Servants of the Empire is a tie-in series to Rebels. It's a middle grade series written by Jason Fry, who is amazing, and. If you combine all four of the books together, it's kind of like the length of a of a you know a full length novel. Um, but it's about Zara Leonis, who was featured in uh, two of the season one episodes, uh, the one with the Academy, um, and you know it's about basically his search to find his sister and what happened to his sister, and he you know joins the Academy and tries to find out what happened to her and gets you know tries to get close to the inquisitor and it's it's very it's a really good series it's it's surprisingly um adult with its themes as far as you know why what would make someone rebel against an empire you know it goes into what has to happen to do that why do people rebel you know how can good people do bad things like that that sort of thing um, and the characters are all great. Uh, Mary is such a great addition. And it's like, I, I can't, like, I know she's not on Rebels, but I feel like she should be on Rebels. <laughs> um, and the fourth book of Secret Academy is basically, if you want to know how the First Order started, you should read that book. So, yeah, they're great. Uh, Weapon of a Jedi. Speaking of Nancy gushing over Jason Fry books. <laughs> Jason Fry wrote a Luke book and it was wonderful. And Luke was written amazing and exactly the way I picture him. And um, I will hug this book forever and I will hug Jason forever for writing this book for me because I'm convinced he wrote it for me and that Jessica Pava is me. Um and no one can can convince me otherwise. <laughs> uh, and the Phil Noto art, beautiful uh, well, in, f- in all of these books. Yeah, the Phil Noto art for all of them was beautiful. Phil Noto to draw all the things, please. Please, yes. Uh, Smuggler's Run, which you surprisingly really enjoyed. You weren't expecting to. I didn't. It's by Greg Rucka. And, uh, and did- if we've learned anything this year, it's that never doubt Greg Rucka. Yeah, he did Shadowed Empire. Um, and he's, I mean, it was, it was a really good story about Han and like, I'm not usually biggest Han fan, but he, he did a really good job that I, I liked the story. It was fast. It was quick. Um, and the, the villain was really good. I think it had the best villain of all these middle grade books. So yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was great. Um, the same with moving target, which was by, uh, Cecil Castellucci and Jason Fry. Um, one of the best portrayals of Leia, I think. I think that we've had in a while. 
And it also has the most interesting framing story because that's when we learned that she was General Organa and, um, you know, kind of led into whole her whole sending Poe on a mission. Cool. And uh, there was the I. This is what I think is the surprise hit of the year: uh, mm-hmm. Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, the uh, YA novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Um, one? I mean, I, anytime someone wants to write off YA, I will smack them over the head with a cop- copy of Lost Stars and say, "Read this." Yeah. Um, because YA is. Why is a much maligned genre? Because girls like it, and we as a society crap on things girls like. Yep. Um, but if you want to know why people would stay loyal to the Empire, or why they would rebel against the Empire, you have to read Lost Stars. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing book. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, uh, the two leads of the book are some of the best original characters to come to the Star Wars literature sphere in a long time. Um, it, uh, it, it covers a lot of ground, maybe a little too much ground, but the flaws you can overlook because the characters are so engaging. Yeah. Um, I loved Lost Stars. I know a lot of people on the staff loved Lost Stars. Um, and it... It's a big reason why I am so excited for uh, for, and we'll get to it a little later. Our look ahead um, with uh, New Republic Bloodlines that Claudia Gray is also writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the OT retellings. Um, there were some new reader books. Um, the first was uh, what was it? It was the Princess, the Smug, or the Princess, the Scoundrel, and the Farm Boy. Yes. Um, there's so you want to be a Jedi, uh-huh. and, and beware the power of the dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the Alex Bracken book, which was the the New Hope retelling, was really great. I haven't gotten a chance to read the other two yet, but um, it's the the Bracken book is really good character studies of all three of the big three and. Um, has one of the best Leia's definitely I would I really want her to write more in Star Wars especially Leia like I, I imagine her writing a Leia young adult book or like a book about general Leia like how awesome would that be oh my goodness yes yeah um and then the the last book we got was the one was before the awakening by Greg Rucka which uh, came out on December 18th. It, it is divided into three parts. There's a story about Finn, a story about Rey, and a story about Poe, and it's all leading up to the events of The Force Awakens. Um, we see Finn training as a stormtrooper. We see Rey trying, you know, scavenging up a ship and fixing up a ship. And then Poe is the story of how he left the Republic and joined the Resistance, which is very very cool and reads just like an x-wing novel um yeah so books we got a lot of them we got a lot of them many oh. of them are really good yes i'm re- it was it, this has got to be the best or 2015 had to have been the best year we had in star wars literature in a long ages time. yeah and i'm really excited for next year because we get the follow-up to aftermath we get new republic bloodline by claudia gray who we loved writing lost stars and then um a probably a lot more books they haven't announced yet um you know because we've those books are only the first half of the year so i would imagine 
the um there's some adult novels that haven't been announced yet um and disney press hasn't announced any books that are coming out so we i suspect we'll be hearing some more soon mm-hmm. oh and one book we didn't mention but is obvious is the force awakens novelization yes alan dean foster we have not read that yet i, I probably i probably will but i it's not like high on my list right now uh comics uh there were two in particular you and i really enjoyed this year yeah. uh, princess leia and shattered empire mm-hmm. you read more of princess leia than i yeah did. um Art was gorgeous in that. The Dodsons are amazing. Um, it was a very satisfying, very fulfilling uh, little mini arc for Leia. Uh, definitely worth, definitely worth a few dollars on Comicsology to go get a digital copy of that to read through. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was your favorite of the year, Shattered Empire. Yeah, Shattered Empire was great. Um, I wanted, I don't read comics, but it's a post Return of the Jedi comic, so of course I had picked it up and, you know. Didn't re- we didn't realize going into it that it was a story about post parents uh, because they talked about Shara Bay and her husband Kess. Uh, and you realize Kess's last name was Dameron and they are married and they have a son named Poe, which we learned in the second issue. So yeah, it was great seeing them. It was it was really cool that they ended the series with them going to live on Yavin Four and um, the Visual Dictionary and. Before the Awakening, pick up on that, and uh, you know we find out that there was actually a colony there that settled on Yavin Four after uh, Endor, um, and they were part of the colony there. And uh, so it's it it was just a good it was a good issue. They had stuff with Leia, you know the stu- the the uh, scene with Leia and the Queen and Shara flying the Naboo fighters was really cool. Uh, and then we had a really good uh, Luke Luke issue. You're looking at Mara. Yeah, she's twitching. <laughs> uh, that that Luke issue was Greg Rucka, Greg Rucka's love letter to Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And it's actually funny because I think at New York Comic Con, they they New- Greg Rucka and Jason Fry were laughing because Jason was the Han fan and Greg was the Luke's Luke guy, and they wrote the opposite books <laughs> so but they but jason said he he appreciated luke after that so so a look ahead to 2016 there was a big one in bright neon lights obviously rogue, rogue one. one yes uh december 2016 it's going to be by all the looks of it saving private ryan in space yeah uh we haven't really heard much about it because they've been, you know, focusing on Force Awakens so much. But I would imagine uh, I I could uh, Civil War comes out in March, right? Or April? Uh, April, I think. I could imagine us getting a trailer around that time. Um, I think once Force Awakens comes out on Blu-ray, they'll probably start pushing for Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yeah. Um. And it'll be interesting to see how it does, you know, because Force Awakens made so much money. Um, and I know a lot of people will probably assume it's a follow-up, it's a sequel. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they address that and how they clarify, no, this is a completely different story with different characters and um, how it's received. Because I'd imagine, you know, if it's, it seems like it could be like 
the Marvel movies, you know, how like Captain America, everyone really loves. But there are some other of the cap, you know, the Marvel movies that don't fare so well. So I guess we'll have to see. I know I'm definitely interested in learning more about it. You know, I, I definitely want to know if there's. I, I ex- really just don't know anything. I want to know if this. there's X wings involved. I want to know why it's called Rogue One when you know we had an idea of what it's supposed to be about, and I, I hope that they will surprise us and give us some X wings and explanation of why it's called that. So yeah. Yep, I'm excited for that. Um, Aftermath, Life Debt. I'm super excited for that, especially after Chuck Wingdig teased that uh, Sinjir might have some romance. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Although that might mean he will probably end up breaking his heart. Most likely. Yeah, because that's what he does. That's that's what Chuck does. <laughs> uh, New Republic Bloodlines. I don't know anything about this book. But I am super it's excited for it. It's set eight years prior to The Force Awakens. Um, I wonder if it's going to have big three characters in it. Because we, I mean, around this time, we could definitely see Leia. Possibly Han. We'll see. Maybe Kylo Ren? Poe. Poe po could be there. Yeah, definitely Poe. Yeah. Yeah, I... We really don't know much about this book, mm-hmm. but totally my jam. Yeah. Again, post Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sign me up for that literature. Yes. Uh, and that brings us to the non-Star Wars stuff, which kicks off with Captain America: Civil War. Yes. Um, I'm excited for Civil War. Not as much as other people, but I'm excited. I'm nervous because if it ends like the comic arc ended, I'm going to be angry. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Batman versus Superman. Gold Star, you showed up. You tried. <laughs> it's funny because the only scene that gets applause in that trailer is when Wonder Woman shows up. <laughs> is there any way that movie isn't just a total cluster? I I don't know. And like I feel bad because everyone was like criticizing Jesse Eisenberg for being cast as Lex Luthor. And so many people were saying, yeah, but do you remember the reaction that Heath Ledger got for Dark Knight? Uh, Which is true. Like, everyone was like, he's going to be terrible. And he ended up winning a freaking Oscar for it. Um, But the trailer just makes me want to cringe whenever he's on the screen. He's like... it just seems so awful. Like he's he's trying he's playing, so he's playing neurotic Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, and trying to be like the Joker. And like I'm like I don't I I mean I'm not a huge Superman fan, but I've seen you know some of the movies. I've seen like I've seen some episodes of Smallville. I used to love Lois and Clark, and Lex Luthor was supposed to be like kind of a very in you know businessman. You know, kind of very assured of himself and like that kind of persona not like Clark Kent meets Bruce Wayne (laughs) like I'm like ah you're it's so awkward no ugh yeah don't like it yeah uh Star Trek Beyond Mm mhm yeah you know what I like Trek 2009 I did too I Into Darkness was terrible yeah (laughs) But uh, Star Trek Beyond features uh, a director I like, mm-hmm. 
with a writer I really like. Mm-hmm. So I'm very hopeful for it. I, I yeah, me too. Yeah, so uh, I, I expect to have fun with that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Independence Day Resurgence. I like the concept. Not sure about the execution. They're going to need a whole lot of um, classic Jeff Goldblum to overcome <laughs> yeah. what I think may be shoddy execution. Yeah, like I, the idea of the aliens coming back makes total sense, but other than that, eh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it comes about. Yeah, um, and uh, Warcraft. Nancy, this is up your alley. It's just a nostalgia trip. I'm going to go see it. It's going to be terrible, but it's going to remind me of questing in Dalaran and Stormwind City and all this stuff. If you're not aware, Nancy is a recovering World of Warcraft addict. I am. I'm, you're, I mean, it's always, you're always recovering. You're not a former addict. Recovering. Recovering. You can get sucked in it any moment something else uh you and i are looking forward to in wow five weeks zootopia no (laughs) what do you call a three-humped camel pregnant and then you can't see but you can imagine the sloth getting a look of realization on his face and if you've seen the force awakens eight times you know what i'm talking about because you've seen the zootopia trailer eight times Uh uh-huh but what no, other... in, in five weeks, you and I are doing something fun. Yes. We're going on a Star Wars cruise. Yay! Aboard the Disney Fantasy, a seven-day Caribbean excursion. Um, it's not really a Star Wars cruise. It's a Caribbean cruise with Star Wars Day at Sea. But they're going to be showing The Force Awakens every night, so we're going to go see it. Probably. And I'm, I'm imagining that during the Star Wars Day at Sea, they'll have a special Star Wars-themed dinner menu. And they'll probably have like Star Wars drinks in the bar later on and like snacks. I'm tempted to buy an internet package for the day just to. Well, you can buy an internet package for the whole trip because they do it by. uh, Data used. Data used, not minutes anymore. But I'm so tempted to do that just so we can live tweet Star Wars Day at Sea. Well, we can write it down and then come back and write a blog post. This is true. We can also do that. Yeah. Uh, but because yeah. I'm going to be too excited. <laughs> too excited. It's going to be great. Star Wars themed food and cocktails. Characters. I'm hoping they have some like interesting characters and not just, you know, Darth Vader and Chewie, which you can get at the park. If they have BB-8 on board, I will flip my... We got our picture taken with BB-8 at the opening night event, that which was, was amazing. Ama- I got in trouble for touching him but I couldn't help myself. They also had Phasma, but she wasn't doing meet and greet. She was just patrolling the patrolling the roof. Um, but I've heard they have, so they have a Phasma. I've heard they have a Kylo Ren. I can imagine they get, so, because I know they have the oh, dude. Oh, I hope they have a Ray. They The dude who plays Sully, I mean, he's really tall. The dude who plays Woody is really tall. I mean, I'm sorry, the friends of them. <laughs> um, I could imagine one of the princesses playing double duty and, being Ray, you know, totally. Whoever's Belle, or uh, who else is a brunette prince? Snow White. I mean, or I mean, they don't have to be the same hair color because they were, were Rays, but totally, totally, yeah. And Poe Dameron. 
Come on, he, Disney. He, I want Poe Dameron to be there, and I want him to greet everyone as Buddy. Hey, Buddy! <laughs> BB-8, my Buddy! buddy. <laughs> All right, well, that's our look ahead. That's our look back at 2015 and our look ahead to 2016. Um, oh, wow. Next week. Next week, we start of Dice and Droids. Yay! We should probably plan that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get with Tom. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. That's our tabletop RPG. Uh, you will enjoy that. We're going to feature that on both the uh, Tashi Station Master RSS feed, and uh, there's going to be a dedicated of Dice and Droids iTunes feed that folks can subscribe to. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Yay! So, uh, yeah, it's been a, it was oh, a good Also, year. we, um, we're going to have uh, the Rogue Padron folks on soon to talk about Before the Awakening and all the X-Wing scenes yes. in TFA. Yes. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and wrap up there. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Check out the links on the blogs to help us keep the lights running. Uh, you can find us on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. Catch you all next time and enjoy 2016. Happy New Year. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, my God.